Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network. I'm Adam Wright with you on this fine, beautiful Monday morning. Happy Feast of St. Joseph the Worker. It is May 1st, and so we celebrate St. Joseph under that title today. Let's pray, shall we? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Hosts, by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions today to the greater glory of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It is absolutely gorgeous outside right now. I mean, can I just say that for a moment? It is absolutely gorgeous. And I hope that's an indicator of what we are in for this week. It's amazing to me. Do you ever stop and watch how nature works? You know, this beautiful design God has given us. We had a new tree planted in front of our house last winter at the time when you plant trees, which seems counterintuitive. Why would you plant something when everything's going to sleep? You know, all the all the trees are shedding their leaves and, and going into that. It's not really hibernation. I don't know what you call it with plants. Um, and then there were a couple weeks here this spring where all the other trees started to bloom and flower, and we weren't sure if our new tree was going to make it. And now I look at these lush green leaves on the tree, and it's just absolutely beautiful. Sitting here at the studio window, I am surrounded by green, and it's absolutely wonderful, these signs of new life everywhere. Today on the show, we're going to be talking with Deacon Philip John Uro about a holy hour and some fasting for men. So pay attention, men. We've got something for you later on today. It's also the month of May, and it's a month we devote to the Blessed Mother. So we are going to talk about Marian apparitions today. And then finally, uh, for our radio listeners, we're also going to talk about St. Joseph today, as it is the Feast of St. Joseph the Worker. And we've got two homilies for you on St. Joseph to help foster our devotion to him. Plus, we have the Daily Dose of Encouragement, the Catechist, the Weather, the Saint of the Day. All that you have come to expect here on Roadmap to Heaven. Speaking of which, let's go now to Mike Roberts for today's weather and our saint of the day. Today is the feast of St. Joseph the Worker. On March 19th, we honor St. Joseph as the husband of Mary and earthly father to Jesus and remember his unheard yes to marrying the Blessed Mother and guiding the Holy Family safely through extremely dangerous times and the everyday life of a family. Today we honor St. Joseph as the provider he was, as he supported Jesus and Mary. They must have been a very close family, and Jesus would have seen St. Joseph working every day, helping him and ultimately learning the trade from St. Joseph. Jesus developed his earthly working skills through the teaching of St. Joseph, who must have been a very good carpenter. There is a spiral staircase with two 360-degree turns in a chapel built for the Sisters of Loretto in Santa Fe, New Mexico that is an architectural marvel. 
When their chapel was completed in 1878, there were no stairs to the choir loft, just a ladder. The sisters asked many local carpenters to build one, but they all said it just wasn't possible because there wasn't enough room. Then, on the ninth day of a novena to St. Joseph, a mysterious man riding a donkey showed up looking for work. Over the next several weeks, the man built a beautiful staircase for the chapel and then left without pay. Many believe the mysterious worker was St. Joseph himself. As the greatest husband, father, and worker of all time, St. Joseph is also probably the most underappreciated saint of all time. But just as he was always quietly there for Jesus and Mary, he always has been and will be for us who are blessed with the gift of a holy family of our own to support. St. Joseph, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. With today being May 1st, there are a few things we need to mention. Uh, number one, coming up this Friday is our first Friday devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. It's the first Friday of the month of May. And so we are going to all be asked to go to Mass to receive Holy Communion and to pray in reparation for sins against the Sacred Heart of our Lord. And I go back to something Father Don Calloway said with us on the show last week that a great way to make reparation is just to spend some time with our Lord in prayer. Go be with him, just like we would if we had a, a loved one who was just, you know, having a having a rough go, we'd, we'd go be with them. So that's number one. Number two, closely linked, first Saturday devotions on Saturday. And being the month of May, I would say this, if you don't make the first Saturday devotions, this is a great month to start, the first Saturday devotion given to us by Our Lady of Fatima through the children at Fatima. Go to Mass, receive Holy Communion, go to confession, which I would say do that before you go to Mass. Go to confession, go to Mass, receive Holy Communion, pray the rosary, and meditate for 15 minutes upon the mysteries of the rosary in reparation for blasphemies against the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Here's the best part. they We have a little bit of leeway, so... If you're like, I don't know that I can get to Mass on Saturday morning before going to 8 a.m. Mass. Well, go on Friday. Go go on Thursday. You have a couple days leeway in advance of that to go, but the call is to go. Go to Mass, receive Holy Communion, pray the Rosary, meditate for 15 minutes upon the mysteries of the Rosary. And last but certainly not least, today being May 1st, I'd like to uh, wish everyone here at Covenant Network, our listeners, our staff, our volunteers, everybody who's made this possible, a happy anniversary. Today is the 26th anniversary of our first broadcast on WRYT 1080 AM, and it's amazing to see what God has done with this apostolate, how he has grown it. It's his. You know, any good work I do or, or we do here isn't really our own. It's it's all the Lord's, and we are privileged to be part of that. Today, we are going to start out with Father Chad Ripiger talking about St. Joseph and our devotion to St. Joseph, which would be fitting because today is, as you just heard from Mike Roberts, the Feast of St. Joseph the Worker. We're going to take a break here on Roadmap to Heaven. Stay tuned. Prayer for Vocations God, our Father, who wills that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of your truth, we beg you to send laborers into your harvest and grant them grace to speak your word with all boldness 
so that your word may spread and be glorified, and all nations may know you, the only God, and him whom you have sent, Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen. Our Lady, Queen of the Americas, and Mary, Mother of the Franciscan Missionaries of the Eternal Word, pray for us. We are very happy to be speaking with Doug Berry today about our favorite Marian apparitions. Well, maybe not our favorite Marian apparitions, but certainly the Marian apparitions of the last 100 years. And every day we're going to take one apparition this week. And Doug, it's good to be with you today. Adam, I appreciate the chance to be with you. I look forward to opportunities like this, especially to talk about Our Lady and her messages. So when we talk about Marian apparitions of the last 100 years, I can only imagine we are going to start with Our Lady of Fatima. Yes, Pretty much have to. You have one of the most amazing, life-altering, world-changing, world-shaking events that takes place in Fatima, Portugal. Three little children. Uh, actually, it begins several months before Our Lady appears, when the Angel of Peace appears to the three children and teaches them to pray. The Angel appears three different times to them. And then 1917, on May 13th, the Blessed Mother appears, and everything begins to roll from there. So, Doug, when we talk about these Marian apparitions, one thing I've learned over my years is that each apparition has a very specific message. What is the message of Fatima? Fatima is one of those messages that really has a duration that goes on. And the great thing is, and we'll get into this in, in future conversations about different apparitions, is it, it links to other apparitions that take place up to now, really, these you know, following 100 years or so. But Fatima was predominantly about warning. And you know this clearly when you see the depth of the message coming to three little children as young as seven, nine, and 10 years old, as Jacinta, Francisco, and Lucia were. July 13th, 1917 is really a key pivotal apparition where they're shown the vision of hell. And a lot of people talk about this, the vision of hell. We know about the vision of hell. But then she also says that this war will end soon after the vision of hell, which in and of itself is pretty groundbreaking, pretty earth-shaking. This is the place where poor sinners go, have nobody to pray for them, make sacrifices for them, she says. In order to save souls, God wishes to establish a devotion to my immaculate heart. Now, that's completed more in 1926 when our Lord and our Blessed Mother appear to Lucia in the convent and really establish the five for Saturday devotion and all that goes with that, which is something we should be doing, not just talking about, but doing even today. Now, back up again to July 13th, 1917, after that vision of hell, she says that this war will end soon. Now, World War I had started in 1914. It would then end in 1918. So she nailed that, obviously. This war will end soon. But she says, if man does not stop offending God, there will be a second war, and it will be far worse than this one. And she gives some details on that. She also talks about Russia spreading the error of her ways, which is more than just a state communist type government. It is godlessness in general. It is immorality. It is a destruction of family. After the Bolshevik revolutions that took place following the apparitions of Our Lady in 1917, the Bolshevik revolutions broke out. And in that time period, the Bolsheviks were very big on destroying family values, and it really escalated. And now we see this all over the world, not even forced upon us. Many people are just running full steam down this road of destruction of family. Now, she also speaks in 1917 on July 13th in the importance of consecration of Russia that every single one of us needs to be praying a rosary daily. And this is the key part. Many people ask me over the years, because I talk about this a lot, do you think the consecration was done right? Do you think John Paul II did it right? And now it's, do you think Pope Francis did it right? I don't know. I always say that's out of my wheelhouse. That's above my pay grade. I just know that the Blessed Mother said we all need to pray the rosary daily. And I know I haven't always done that. 
I've been doing it a lot more the last 15, 20 years of my life, but that's something we all need to focus on because that is on us. But I will wrap up with this key point. Years later, 21 years, approximately, World War II breaks out. It is devastating. Even to this day, the memories of it, the pain of it from people who still you know, are alive, who suffered through it, is still overwhelming in many, many respects. But in 1957, I believe, Sister Lucia had an interview with the Father Fluences. I think it's, I pronounced the name correctly there. She said in the interview, in all six apparitions, not once did me or my cousins ever see the Blessed Mother smile. That's a key thing to think about. Our Lady did not come to these three little children in 1917 to say, hey, everything's great. Your wonderful little innocence does so much to help us. I mean, there's aspects of that, of course, but Our Lady doesn't smile. She comes and says, in essence, you three children are being called to be instruments of God to say to the world, there's a serious warning at hand here. A second world war, which happened. Russia, which is happening now. And many people are starting to connect these dots. So John Paul II, God rest that wonderful, beautiful, saintly soul. He said that the apparitions of Fatima and the messages of Fatima are more important for us in our modern time, obviously when he was alive, he said this, than they were even when they were given. So there's still a lot to Fatima that people need to be looking to. There's a lot to Fatima people need to be paying attention to. And of course, responding to Our Lady's call, urgent call, urgent call for conversion. It sounds like the number one message for us is that above all else, if we are not praying the rosary daily, we need to start right now. That's it. But we do know that the Blessed Mother has been warning us for over 100 years of the seriousness of deep conversion. And you're right. Praying that rosary is a key part of that. Get the confession consistently, regularly, get to that rosary daily, keep it near you at all times and pray it every day without fail, no matter how you feel. Blessed Mother didn't say pray the rosary when you feel good. And she didn't say you're going to feel good when you pray the rosary. She said, just pray it. And oftentimes when things are hard, that's when we really show our love when things are difficult, but we do it because we know it's the right thing to do. Well, that's a whole other conversation I imagine we're going to get to in the future because it is so important to pray that daily rosary. Doug Berry, thank you so much for shedding some light on Our Lady of Fatima for us today. Awesome. Thanks, Adam. Great to be with you. Lovely lady dressed in blue, teach me how to pray. God was just your little boy. Tell me what to say. Did you lift him up sometimes, gently on your knees? Did you sing to him the way mother does to me? Did you ever try telling him stories of the world? And, oh, did he cry? Do you think he cares if, if I tell him things? Just little things that happen. And do angels' wings make a noise? Can he hear me if I speak low? Does he understand me now? Tell me, for you know. Lovely lady dressed in blue, teach me how to pray. God was just your little boy, and you know the way. The Holy Catholic Church infallibly teaches that the second person of the Most Holy Trinity, our Lord Jesus Christ, is present body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Most Blessed Sacrament, and that it is a sacrilege to receive Holy Communion in the state of mortal sin. Let us pray the Fatima Prayer to the Most Holy Trinity. Most Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I adore Thee profoundly. I offer Thee the most precious body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, present in all the tabernacles of the world, in reparation the outrages, 
sacrileges, and indifferences whereby he is offended. And through the infinite merits of his most sacred heart and the immaculate heart of Mary, I beg of thee the conversion of poor sinners. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. I'm willing to bet that I am not the only person out there that scrolls through things online and says, oh, that looks interesting. Oh, well, that that certainly caught my attention. And recently I was doing just that, and something caught my attention, a holy hour coming up this Wednesday evening, uh, and it said E5 men. And I thought, well, hold on. Now, that's a term I don't often hear associated with holy hour. Then it said for more information, and I said, well, that's that's up my alley here. I know how to contact for more information. So Deacon Philip John Uro is here with us uh, to talk about this holy hour in E5 men and all of these things. Uh, so, Deacon, it's very good to have you with us here on Roadmap to Heaven. My, my pleasure. So we, we know Holy Hour. We know that. Adoration yes. of the Blessed Sacrament, our Lord exposed in the monstrance on the altar, benediction. It's wonderful. I love it. Yes. E5 men. Uh, for our listeners who aren't familiar, what is E5 men? Well, E5 men is a program. I didn't start that. I actually heard about it many, many years ago from a friend of mine who was talking about it at our men's study group. But E5 men is about men living their lives like Christ lived his life, as Christ calls us to. So that's E5 references, Ephesians 5 is what that means. So the E5 man is someone who lives his life like Christ lives his life for the church. And so the E5 man is called to fast and pray for his spouse um, as a way of sacrifice and a way of lifting her up and presenting her you know, pure and holy. So that's what E5 men is all about. And they typically, the program asks that men fast and pray on the first Wednesday of each month. And they also in, uh, talk about the fact that it's not just for your spouse. So if you're a single man, you can also pray and fast for your future bride. Or if you're a priest or a seminarian, you pray or fast for your church who will be your spouse. Um, and then in addition to that, there's other women in our lives, like maybe our daughter's our siblings, our mothers, grandmothers, aunts, or wh- whatever. So in addition to praying for our spouses, we're encouraged to also pray for the other women that are in our lives. So that's what E5 Men is all about, is fasting and praying primarily for our spouse, but for all women. All right. Do you have that? Because we're always talking about fasting and prayer here on the show, and, and the deacon's given us a really good method to do this. First Wednesday of the month, fast and pray for your bride, uh, whether your bride is... A bride, as yeah. in the traditional sense of a bride, or if you're a priest, the, your parish, your, the church, uh, and for the seminarians and for the single men out there, for your future spouse. It's a beautiful thing. Now, uh, fasting, different people do fasting different ways. Like we talk about Exodus 90 every now and then <laughs> on the show. So E5, man, I went and looked this up, Deacon. This is pretty intense. I mean, they're not saying two yeah. small meals and one regular size no, meal. And no. Tell us the fast that they, they ask us to do. Just bread and water for the day, and that's it. Now... That might not be something that every person can do, maybe day one, maybe something you can grow to. Or if someone's taking medications, you might want to adjust your fast because of medication and requirements for for nutrition and food and whatnot as you're taking medication. But that that is the, the request that they ask, that if you're going to be a part of this, to try and make that your fast, just bread and water for the day. I love it. I love it. Now, the part of that that I didn't hear as we were talking about E5 men was holy hour, because it didn't, it didn't say anywhere in there, pray and fast for your spouse and then go to a holy hour. So tell us, uh, how did this come together? Well, how that came together is I'm, 
into the ACT and Information Program, and in our class, we have one of our instructors, Deacon Keating, was talking to us about when we become ordained and become deacons in the parish, he says, the women in the parish are going to come to you, they're going to take up your time, and you're going to be busy ministering to them. They're accustomed to that, and there's, they're being fed a lot. The ones that aren't being fed and they won't come to you are the men in the parish. So he says, think about how you can serve the men in your parish and minister to them in, in your ministry as deacons. And so that began to really sit with me because I'm, I was already leading a scripture prayer group on Saturday for the men. I'm already part of the Knights of Columbus, and they were already wanting me to be their chaplain once I get ordained. And, and so, you know, I'm, we're doing all these things. And then we're talking about Eucharistic revival, and I'm going, well, wait a minute. What if we do something revolving around the Eucharist? And, and when I was thinking about E5 Men, I said, I could promote E5 Men, but if I'm promoting that, we're doing it individually. I'm fasting by myself at home. I don't know who else is fasting. But how, what if we got together and supported each other in our fast and in our prayer and did that in front of the Blessed Sacrament? Yeah, I think of all the times my friends and I have chosen an intention and in, in, in we've gone to fast, where we call each other up or we have a text message and we say, gentlemen, on this date, let's fast for this. Okay, but we don't say, hey, let's all get together at Steve's house and fast for this and we'll just be, we'll spend 24 hours together in fasting and prayer. So this is a great opportunity then for men, not just from your parish, but from all over the area to come together and pray. I, I wonder, um, what is the effect you've seen of, of gathering the men together in this? Because again, that, that fasting for your spouse is such a personal thing you do on your own, but then to come together united in prayer, I imagine that, that, that there's a certain grace or a cer- certain fruit you're seeing from that. Yes, there, there is. And the, the men right now that are, are, we've only recently started this this past fall, just shortly after I was ordained as a deacon, is when I you know started it in my parish. And I'm already seeing fruit just from the men that are that are coming there, and even the women, because they're they're recognizing that their husbands are coming and praying for them, and so the women are being moved by this idea that my husband is not only fasting and praying, but he's doing an hour of adoration for me, and I, and it sends a great you know message out. And actually, the last E5 that we did was during Lent. And on the same time, our pastor had reconciliation open to the whole parish. So we had men and women and children and families coming through for the sacrament of reconciliation while we're having the E5 adore for men. And women were coming up and thanking me for it. Women haven't even been asking me, can we have this for the women as well, too? And I says, well, no, this is about men praying for you. So it's, it's grabbing attention and it's moving hearts. All right. Well, we have a couple things for you, our listeners. Number one, if you're a man listening and you want more information on E5Men, they've made it very simple for us. E5Men.org. It's the the letter E, the number five, men.org. Now, Deacon, for our listeners who are in the St. Louis metro area and they're saying, I I would like, I'm free Wednesday evening. I'd like to go pray for my spouse with other men. Where can they, where, where are they going? Well, where they're going is right now, St. Joachim and Ann Parish out on McClay Road in St. Charles. That's the parish I'm assigned to as a deacon right now, so that's where we're hosting the E5 Adore 
on the first Wednesday at 7 o'clock in the evening. And then for the men that that's not practical, they can't make it to St. Joe coming in, but they want to go to Adoration, well, they can just go to your own Adoration Chapel, whether it's at 7 o'clock on Wednesday or, or go to the parish church and pray in the presence of our Lord. And even for the ladies listening, if you'd like to pray for your husbands and you'd like to fast for your husbands, you would certainly, uh, that would be a wonderful gift to offer them. But we especially want to challenge the men right now listening, men, one day of fasting a month for your spouse, and some time in adoration. You can do this whether you're in St. Louis, Springfield, Peoria, Jefferson City, uh, Cape Girardeau. The list goes on and on and on. So, Deacon, I want to thank you for being with us. Can we say a, a prayer for the men really quick? Sure. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the grace that you have bestowed upon us through your Son, who is a perfect Adam, who has come to restore the church and has shown us how to be the spouse. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, may we enter into that same loving relationship with our spouse as Christ has entered into that relationship with his spouse, the church. And we ask for this grace in your name. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. Well, Deacon Philip, John Uro, thank you so much for being with us. We're going to take a break here on Roadmap to Heaven. Stay tuned. A most commendable indulgenced prayer to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Most Sacred Heart of Jesus, shower copiously thy blessings on thy holy church, on the Supreme Pontiff, and on all the clergy. Grant perseverance to the just, convert sinners, enlighten infidels, bless our parents, friends, and benefactors. Assist the dying, liberate the souls of purgatory, and extend over all hearts the sweet empire of thy love. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, most kind, bless us now and in death's agony. From a sudden and unprovided death, deliver us, O Lord. It is one of my favorite months of the year, the month of May, a month we devote to the Blessed Mother. Speaking of mothers, Patty Schneier is here with us for the Daily Dose of Encouragement. We do have a new topic this week. Patty, welcome back. And what are we talking about? Well, beginning the month of May, I thought we should definitely devote a week to Our Lady. And I'm going to talk about specific titles of Mary. We're all familiar with Our Lady of Guadalupe, Our Lady of Lourdes, Our Lady of Fatima. But this week, we are going to explore other approved apparitions and titles of Our Lady and then what we can learn from them. Now, this idea came to me when I was recently at the National Shrine of the Miraculous Medal down in Perryville, Missouri, and I had a most wonderful day there, spending two and a half hours in prayer, and then I walked around the grounds, and there were all these gorgeous statues, different statues of Our Lady. And as I was reading about them, I realized I had never heard of some of these titles before, and I thought, where have I I been that I don't know these images of our ladies or these stories about our ladies. So today, the first one we're going to talk about is Our Lady of Altuting, and that's A-L-T-O with umlauts. It's German, Altuting, A-L-T-O-T-T-I-N-G. Now, the shrine of Our Lady of Altuting is actually the oldest Marian shrine and the most important Marian pilgrim site in all of Germany. It's the oldest one for Germany, Altuting. It dates back to 660 A.D., and the image there is actually another image of a black Madonna. It's carved from lindenwood, and it's been 
darkened from the natural aging of the wood as well as all of the soot from the centuries of candles that have been lit. So the shrine became a popular pilgrim site when it became known for the miraculous recovery in 1489. Now think about that, 1489 of a young boy who had drowned and his mother laid his body before the image and prayed to the Blessed Mother for a miracle. So since then, over a million pilgrims come every year and it's commonly called the Lourdes of Germany. Again, I'd never even heard of this, and I lived in Germany, I'm embarrassed to say. But that was when I was 18, and I didn't know about Our Lady. <laughs> but anyway, the statue of Our Lady of Alterting and the infant Jesus in her arms, they're often dressed in these exquisite robes, which are changed depending on the liturgical season throughout the year. And also, this was an interesting note that I learned, that throughout history, princesses would often give their wedding gown after after their wedding to have robes made out of these gowns for the Madonna. Now, a couple of other interesting things about Our Lady of Alterting. Pope John Paul II visited there in 1980, and he was accompanied by then Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger. Then, in 2006, newly elected Pope Benedict visited the shrine, and he donated his bishop's ring to Our Lady of Alterting as a deep sign of his devotion to the Blessed mother. This was the ring that had been given to him by his brother and sister when he had been made Bishop of Munich. So um, what's the message in all of this? The message, first of all, for me was that Mary has so many titles because she has appeared all throughout the world and she's the mother of all of us. And secondly, when I think of, for example, Pope Francis, I think of his devotion to Our Lady Undoer of Knots. And when I think of John Paul II, I think of his devotion to Our Lady Lady of Fatima. Now I know that when I think of Pope Benedict, I'll think of his devotion to Our Lady of Alterting in Germany. So who is it for you? That's what I want to encourage all of us today. We should all have a special devotion to Our Lady and perhaps take one of her titles or images for our own. So today I want you to think of your favorite title or image of Our Lady and spread that devotion to her. So today we just want to say, Our Lady of Alterting, pray for us. I love it. And this is going to be a great week here on the Daily Dose of Encouragement. Memorare to St. Joseph. Remember, O most chaste spouse of the Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who implored your help and sought your intercession were left unaided. Full of confidence in your power, I fly unto you and beg your protection. Despise not, O guardian of the Redeemer, my humble supplication, but in your bounty, hear and answer me. Amen. Catechist question for you today. The Feast of St. Joseph the Worker was instituted by Pope Pius the fifteenth, or Pope Pius the twelfth. There is no Pius the fifteenth. That would have been a trick question there. Uh, on May first, nineteen fifty-five, Pope Pius the twelfth instituted this feast on May first, nineteen fifty-five. What was Pope Pius the twelfth's given name at baptism? What What was his name before he was known as Pius the twelfth? The answer to that is what? Do you know? 
Eugenio Pacelli. Eugenio Pacelli was his name before he was elected Holy Father. So his reign, by the way, began on second, uh, the 2nd of March, 1939, and ended with his death on October 9th of 1958. And we are certainly grateful for him giving us such a wonderful feast that we have today. Now, before we sign off for the day, that's we, we want to talk about this. Before we sign off for the day, I want to remind you that these devotions we're going to do Friday and Saturday. Now, I know we mentioned them at the top of the show, but we, we cannot mention them enough. We need to be doing them. We need to be praying the rosary every day. We heard earlier about what the, the Blessed Mother asked of us at Fatima and, and what that request was. So I want to ask you to get your calendar out now. You know, what does your weekend look like? What are your plans and how do you need to adjust them to be able to go and make that first Saturday devotion and to make that first Friday devotion on Friday? If we start working on this now, the odds of success are increased because we will have planned ahead. And so I would say, Look at your Saturday morning. Do you need to rearrange anything? Do you need to find an earlier mass? Do you need to find a later mass? What is the plan on that? Now, you might be saying, Adam, I, you know, what, what are those requirements? Again, I missed them. Well, write it down. Write this down. For our first Friday devotion, the requirement is to go to mass, to receive Holy Communion, and to pray in reparation for sins against the Sacred Heart of our Lord. You can also do that by praying in honor of the Sacred Heart of our Lord, but to pray in reparation for sins against the Sacred Heart. Now, on First Saturday, the devotion is very similar. Again, we can't say this enough. Make a good confession, go to Mass, receive Holy Communion, pray the Rosary, meditate for 15 minutes upon the mysteries of the Rosary. That is what we are asked to do by the Blessed Mother. Now, that go to confession part is important because, and, and we've said this before, and I will say it again because we can't say this enough either. There's a little theme we're developing here. Receiving Holy Communion in a state of grave sin is the sin of sacrilege, and that is also a grave sin, and it compounds grave sin. And, and when grave sin builds upon grave sin, it doesn't go in a good direction, friends, let me tell you, from experience. But when you get out of that state of grave sin, when you get back into that state of grace, which you can't do on your own, you can only do it through the grace offered through the sacrament of reconciliation, then grace builds upon grace because God keeps pouring it out. So that's the mission. Choose to accept it. You know, it, you, you have the choice. It's your free will. But we're asking you, choose to accept it. So that's coming up this weekend. Now, uh, what else on the show this week? We're going to continue looking at Marian apparitions, and we have some other things in store for you. What those are, you'll just have to tune in to find out. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Our Lady, Mother, Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. And St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for us. St. Joseph, the Worker, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Wow, we're running a little ahead of schedule today. It was one of those things. We had some stuff to say at the end of the show and not enough time for another song. But 
here we are. Well, we've talked a lot about the end of the week. Let's just remind ourselves of this. Today, we still have work to do on this Feast of St. Joseph the Worker. We are all called to go out and do that work God has called us to, what our vocation is. And let's go live our vocation to the best of our ability. We are striving to become saints. Let's ask God for the grace we need to do that today. We cannot do it without him, friends. We cannot do it without him. And so we ask for that today. For all of us here at Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. Thank you so much for listening to Roadmap to Heaven this morning. And as you've heard several times on the show today, let me say it one more time. Pray your rosary today.